Hi, Gibby. Hi, you're listening to Gibby's Guide, the podcast, episode five. Check out Arno's crazy kung fu and Thomas's pass through puzzles. It's blurry, it's black and white, and it's the future. Pass-through, originally conceived as a simple camera feed, has now been adapted for use as augmented reality by more than a dozen apps. In this episode, we'll be meeting two of those pioneers. There's Thomas Van Bowel, developer of the Zen puzzle game Cubism. But first, we're off to China to chat with Arno, who's turned his passion for martial arts into the VR game Crazy Kung Fu. I set up Field of Vision um, about seven years ago. And where, where's your focus at the moment? My focus is on on crazy kung fu. I have the the reason I am focusing on that is because I'm extremely passionate about um, uh, learning and uh, acquiring knowledge using uh, XR or in this case VR. So I find. Um, Crazy Kung Fu really hits that spot for me because I'm also a martial artist, but also I'm very passionate about learning and, and doing things in VR. So the two together, I managed to make an experience where I can, I can do both. Um, Tell me a little bit about your your journey into martial arts. Uh, yes, yeah, I started martial arts um, about 15 years ago, and at the time, I mean, for the first few years, I did a lot of I did a lot of training uh, every day. And that was in doing uh, Wing Chun, which is a southern Chinese martial art. And then moved. I did a bit of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, some boxing, some mixed martial arts as well. Um, and then now I've been doing for the past two years, uh, focusing on uh, kickboxing here in, in Shanghai with some teachers here. Can you describe Crazy Kung Fu for people who might not have seen it? The short way to explain it would be that, um, that it's a practical training slash game uh, for for martial arts and kind of um, uh, ingraining uh, very basic or fundamentals for, for even just a framework for, for getting to, to know Kung Fu or know ma- any martial art for that matter, uh, whether it's uh, a certain level of fitness but also certain um, ways to react to something, whether it's your arms moving or your legs. And that's the practical side. There is the game. The the game is still a game. So there's there's leaderboards and there's levels and there's progression and there's uh, there's global leaderboards and you have loads of challenges. You have different game modes. Um, so there's a lot of more that just goes into the gamified um, gamification of of the art itself. You were, I think, the first uh, to apply pass through as either a store or app lab game and uh, I think it must have been within a week of it being a possibility and my immediate reaction was this is a glimpse of the future. I'm glad that, that, it, that it had that, um, <laughs> that impression on you to uh, the glimpse into the future. I also had that feeling as well as soon as I used pass-through on anything to be honest yeah. that was like that and I could put things around and walk around. I was like very much uh, futuristic and even though it's, it's uh, black and white <laughs> I'm still still impressive well even though it's black and white it still works you still get the idea and you know 
that the black and white will disappear and it'll be full HD color in, a, in the not too distant future. So you can you can hold that vision in your head. I, I love the way in Crazy Kung Fu that you, you can move things, elements around in your room. There's something really satisfying about being able to put the leaderboard flush against my wall or pull the figurine over, over to the table. Um, it, I love that interactive aspect of it. I'm glad that you're actually using that. I feel like that's my flow in this game anyway. I, the, the things that I do that are not based on like player feedback, I just do them generally because I just want to see them and I just find them awesome. And then I just add them in. If it's fun for me and I find it awesome, I will put it into the game. Great rule. And then, so that's something that, that <laughs> well, it's all about having fun, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. If I can't have fun, I don't see, what, don't see why I would do it. <laughs> um, because once I had it, I realized, wait a minute, I want to put my Wing Chun dummy over there and I want to put my... Mm -hmm. I want to put my leaderboard over here, and I want to put. That. I was like, I need to put a, 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 I need to put an edit mode in this, and then, and then that's kind of how it happened. Because I just thought, wait, I, I definitely need to be able to move things in my room. I think also that any game that requires punching in a confined space is going to benefit from pass through, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I save money on smashing LCD screens. <laughs> I would like to see um, a pass through application that uses, uh, you know, the. Sort of a mix between the impossible spaces, but like within your own your own house, obviously using your mm. own walls. But something something extremely polished on that sense, because everything what we have. Not saying that the developers, obviously that 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 are using Pastor at the moment. Um, not saying that none of us have anything polished, but we're we're not. Well, I don't think we're using Pastor to the to its full extent because we're still learning uh, its capabilities. Uh, it could be quite interesting. I did a test like so. I did one. <laughs> I I did that when I was experimenting with Pastor because I was trying to implement it. And I just wanted to play around and, and see if I could. This how far I could go. I did things like that where I did, I did ones with with between two of the rooms, uh, two of the rooms in my house, and I, I did a, a a walk the plank, but between the two rooms, and so I mapped out the room and I did pass through and I could see. I I did exactly this basically. So I'm saying I, I mapped the window and I could see outside, and then I, I was walking around. And I did a I did so that the room, the the room had a a, a bigger gap between the two rooms that was just trying to blend in, trying to blend, trying to blend between the two, but add a little gap. So you had to walk a plank above extremely high for a drop. <laughs> and so the fact that it looked, but I made the plank sort of grayscale. So then it kind of just looked, it looked like it was part of my house because it's grayscale <laughs> clever, as well. Clever, so, clever. so it actually much, it's actually much worse because you know you're looking through a camera feed. So it really messes with you because you're just looking around, you're like, oh. This is, this is, wait, is this real? Is it the camera feed? And so you're kind of trying to walk this. In. And I, I thought it was actually quite terrifying because uh, for me, even that I put the plank there, when you start, your brain knows you're looking through a camera feed and you can see your house, like you can see the objects in your house. And then you can also see this plank of this drop. But I think the combination of the two together really make it just a, a kind of a big clash there where it's just like your mind's like, I can see my, my home, but I can also see this massive drop. <laughs> and then you're like, uh, yeah, so maybe I'll put it up as a demo uh, on, I think, on, on SideQuest. I think you should, maybe. but I don't know if I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's 2025 or even 2030. What have we got on our heads and what can we see? We've definitely got something a lot lighter. Um, so, uh, I think by 2030 we'll have, we will def we will have a, a, a really good combination of, of, uh, MIR VR headsets. Um, so we're using Pastor on the Quest and we also got all these pairs of AR glasses that are very lightweight. Um, by 2030 there'll definitely be a, a very strong, um, 
uh, product in the market that will have the combination of all of these into one, whether it is using AR through camera feeds or using actual AR through um, um, you know, slam cameras or something that we have on, on glasses, um, but also use VR with the same uh, headset. Um, I think that's kind of where it's going to be uh, because people have come to expect that, that uh, AR is kind of the way the world's pushing, but at the same time, VR is very much uh, has its has its uses as well, so it's not here to sort of disappear. So I think it's very important that if we're gonna if it's gonna spread um, in the hands of the many, um, it's going to need to uh, become a lot smaller, a lot more practical in that sense for day to day and be able to see the world around you. So which is why I think pass through is a very is a is a very important stepping stone, and it's been adopted very well, and it's been accepted very well by everyone. So it kind of shows that that the world. Uh, well, should be moving in that direction because it's just what everyone's expecting now. Okay, you're very playful with all of this. How do you feel about being a pioneer in this area? <laughs> um, uh, I, I mean, I've never, I've never really thought about it. I've never even thought of myself as a, as a pioneer in this area. But I guess, I guess it's a nice, it's a nice thought. Um, I, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, to, it's hard to, to reflect on it and think. Um, what what have I done for this? Uh, what have I done for this area? And think, what what progress have I made? And what progress have I helped with? Um, and overall, when I look at it, and I think that um, so much has changed over the last almost ten years um, using headsets, and um, I'm definitely very um, very proud to be part of the whole flow and proud to be uh, part of these communities and 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 grow with it and see how VR can really. Uh, expand into loads of different areas as well not just gaming but also all the different areas that that are interesting to to everyone uh, whether it be uh, medical or or education um, or, or gaming i think um, i'm i think all of that is is fascinating and i I'm, i like to also just be part of all of those and, and and influence all of those even if it's through a very small part of of that journey or just you know i think we all influence each other so i think it's a a, a big a big a community push in terms of all the developers. Pass through is definitely here to stay, and um, we're going to see more of it, um, especially when, especially when we get the color feed on a, a sort of a high, a high level device, um, and mm -hmm. there's going to be more of it. I think um, only due because now a lot of the uh, because of that. I don't think it's just because of um, because of the quality of pass through at the moment only sort of uh, some of the developers are willing to do that and put time into it um, but I think as soon as as soon as it's got a color and it's solid and we get sort of a 60 frame on the on the camera feed or more um, then a lot of other developers will be like okay that's production level quality and then you'll have a lot of uh, much uh, high level developers potentially will be like okay let's do this you know you might even have a sort of beat saber which is going to be like hey well I'll pass through beat saber you know because because it'll be all the quality uh, ready for that type of company and then that will really then spread like wildfire because because when when the you know, the big studios start using it um, then then everyone else also starts uh, being a bit more brave about using it too um, but then you know us us other developers can be like um, can can always can always be can always look back and think okay we 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 kicked that off <laughs> we started that all
what's your favorite application of uh, pass-through stroke AR so far? I mean, the pu- I think a lot of these puzzle games, because I was trying Cubism as well, that, that has it, right? Uh, I thought these ones are very, are very cool, just in a different way, because it's less about, hey, I've got a lot of... Um, I've got a lot... I've, I've got space... I haven't got a lot of space, and I'm scared of, like, smashing my hands against the walls. It's less about that, because you're just solving a puzzle. If you punch your screen while you're solving that puzzle, you're clearly doing it wrong. So... I feel like <laughs> it's more, I liked it because it's just the opposite, where it's just, I have this floating thing above my desk and it just feels so like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Iron Man style um, uh, sort of hologram in front of me and I'm solving this thing. And I kind of like that uh, feel, that feeling. It, it brings a whole nother dimension to it, where it, just, it really feels like you're just having to solve this this hologram or this projection, 3D projection in your, in your room um, in a sort of tiny scale. Um, so I think those games for me are, are really interesting, and I really like puzzles too. So um, they work for me. Um, so I, I use I use I use pass through in a lot of these applications when they support them. So my name is Thomas Van Bowel and I'm a VR developer. Um, I've worked on um, both enterprise VR applications in the past, but currently I'm a full-time game developer. Um, and I've worked on a puzzle game which is on Quest called uh, Cubism. And I've recently started working on a new game that's uh, sort of focused on pass-through AR on Quest. What was your intro into VR? What's your background? What was your epiphany to say, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a developer. Sure, yeah. Um, so actually, I come from a background in architecture. Um, I worked as an architect for about three and a half years. Um, and that was my intro into VR, actually. Um, I, I really wanted to work in tech. And right. I was super fascinated with how VR could be applied within the architectural design process. And so that was actually the first, my first stepping stone into the, the industry. Um, I basically tried to teach myself how to develop for VR which meant um, learning game engines like Unity, um, and which involved going to a lot of hackathons, but also game champs, because basically the things you learn to, to develop VR, you know, architectural VR apps are the same things you need to learn to develop games. So there was a lot of overlap, and, and I had sort of a foot in each world like that. So um, And the first job I had um, after architecture was for a VR startup called Resolve, and we were making software for architects and engineers um, in VR. Um, but, you know, throughout that, I kept, uh, you know, engaging with the, the uh, VR game development community and I started Cubism first as a hobby project. And then that sort of, you know, <laughs> grew and spun out of control and now I'm just <laughs> doing games. So it's uh, it's been a sort of long-winded path from architecture to VR apps for architecture to just full-time video games for VR. When did you decide to become a pass-through pioneer? <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, um, something like pass-through has definitely been sort of on my mind for a game like Cubism for a while. Um, you know, it's a game that's very minimal and that doesn't really require much of an environment, virtually speaking. You just have you and the puzzle in front of you. So I always felt that it would be a really good fit for AR and for... Um, well, what we currently have as pass-through. Um, 
because basically you could just overlay this game over the real world and then play it without being disconnected from you know the people around you or sort of the environment that you're in. Um, so I always thought it would be a good fit uh, for some sort of future AR headset, but uh, yeah, I never expected that pass-through would already be possible on the Quest, so when that feature became available, it, for me it was very obvious that I wanted to add it to Cubism. Okay, what kind of feedback have you had since you've got the pass-through option uh, online? People seem to really enjoy it. Um, you know, like with any sort of update to the game where it's not content but a feature, a lot of new people come in to, to check out the feature itself. You know, they, they are curious about hand tracking or they're curious about pass-through and, and they come in to try it out. And people seem to really like it, but sort of my favorite feedback is that people come in to try this stuff and then stick around for the game because they're enjoying the game as well. So it's it's been very delightful seeing new players um, also actually enjoying all the puzzles. What I like personally is while I'm trying to fit those colored shapes into the box is uh, that I can reach over and have a glass of water or a cup of tea, which you just can't do in VR right. normally. <laughs> or pet exactly, the cat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. If, uh, if you have uh, kids or a cat or something like this, uh, there's uh, less chance for, you know, fatal collisions or something like this, uh, which maybe for a, a tranquil game like Cubism wasn't necessarily a big issue in the first place, but still sure. it's, it's quite nice. What did you learn when you adapted your app in pass-through? Did you learn something, some things that worked and some things that didn't work? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, specifically around hand tracking, uh, there were some interesting observations around whether you can actually use your full hand or whether it's more interesting to have a virtual hand overlaid over your hand. Um, you know, the interesting thing is with, with full VR, you can actually fake a few things with hand tracking, like um, physical feedback, uh, right? Like if you grab an object virtually, your real fingers can close, but your virtual fingers can sort of look like they're actually grabbing an object, right? And this is something that happens in Cubism. Once you have passed through, you can't sort of have this sort of illusion anymore. You have to let the fingers pass through because it's you can actually see that there's nothing there that you're grabbing so you actually have to adjust some of the interactions a little bit um, to account for the fact that there's nothing there and that you can actually see it um, so it's been interesting sort of adapting uh, the interaction system with hand tracking uh, to sort of account for this in, in pass through I think it's interesting as well that you decided to put controls on contrast and brightness so uh, whether it's been used a lot, I can't quite say yet, but the, the reason I put them in there is that I do know that um, people's lighting conditions might be very different, They're, the type of room they're uh, sitting in might be very different. Um, and depending on the, the lighting conditions on your room, your hands might be harder or easier to see. Um, so it's just nice to have those controls there so that... Um, you know, it's comfortable for you so that it's not too bright if you're in too bright of a room or too dark if you're in too dark of a room. So you can just adjust it to your own comfort and to your own um, sense of legibility of your hands, you know. So everybody has those controls. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just playing it now and I've got the sun streaming in the window and just being able to turn that down was was, was a real bonus. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> because um, it's really white, isn't it? Like if it's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's great. Um, 
so I saw that you're developing a, a pass-through specific game, like not an adaptation, but actually a mm -hmm. pass-through game. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, so it is very early stages. Um, I haven't quite landed on a final name yet, so it's, it's sort of an unnamed game at this point. Um, but ever since doing pass-through for Cubism, I've been really, really excited about just pass-through in general. Um, and I wanted to design a game that was sort of built from the ground up for it. Um, and so the game that I'm working on basically um, is kind of like Mission Impossible, where you have this field of lasers that you need to traverse. Um, and because it's pass-through, you do this in your entire living room, right? So before you play the game, uh, you basically map out your room. You say, okay, this is where the walls are, this is where the furniture is. Um, and in one of the game modes for the game, you sort of place two buttons on opposite sides of the rooms. Um, and then you, each time you hit a button, uh, more lasers appear in your room. So it becomes harder and harder to traverse um, the room to press the next button. So it's, it's really this really physical game where you can use your entire play space. Um, and it's really fun to watch people play. Like I've played this a few <laughs> times and people immediately drop to the floor to sort of crawl underneath the laser. So it's this really uh, immersive physical game, um, which is sort of really designed for the ground up for AR. So. And of course, you're not going to crash into the walls because you can see them. I th it's a it's a really brilliantly exactly. simple idea. How how did you come up with this one? Yeah, um, it really. Uh, I mean, so obviously, there's a lot of references for this, right? There's uh, uh, Mission Impossible, Entrapment, um, uh, LG the movie. I guess also has like a laser scene. There's a lot, right? Um, yeah, so yeah. it's something that everybody really knows and recognizes and understands what to do. Um, and it really comes from the desire to make something that fit well with pass-through and that uses your entire space. Um, I think there's a, a ton of game uh, uh, possibilities that become possible once you can use your entire room. And this just felt like um, with the least elements, with the fewest elements, uh, you can get the most um, fun and the, you know, the biggest reaction. Like, the ideal game for me is something that would be the first thing you show to people when you want to show them AR on the quest, right? This really fun right. party game when you have friends or family over. Um, and so, yeah, this just seemed like a good fit. And um, kind of much like Cubism, my hope is that it's like a simple, a simple enough concept that does have a lot of depth to it so that I can really sort of dive into making it polished and accessible and, and fun for everyone. What's your favorite application of pass-through or AR so far? So something that I think has a lot of potential uh, is this app on the store called Shape, uh, Shape6R, um, which originally is um, mostly like a prototyping tool in VR uh, to prototype um, UI and UX, uh, you know, where you can sort of draw these little shapes um, and make these uh, transitions from one UI state to another UI state. Uh, um, it's an interesting tool, but they're also working on pass-through uh, pass mode. Um, and it seems like it's a really good basis for people to start designing interiors from in pass-through. Um, it's not quite this, the tools aren't quite designed around this yet, but I feel like they really have the first building blocks to allow us for something like that. And that's something really interesting, you know, the idea that people could move to a new house and sort of block out where the sofa is going to be or where the TV is going to be in pass-through and, uh, and figure that stuff out, I think is really powerful. So. I mean, when we talk about pass-through, obviously we're talking at the moment with the Quest as a, this mm. terrible black and white image. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you must be thinking ahead already of Project Cambria and, and the high-definition colour pass-through and right. all the possibilities that offers, right? 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's going to be more comfortable and, and nicer, but at least with Quest and Pass-Through now, it feels like the first time that AR, that all the elements are there for people to start building and designing for, for AR, for real, you know? There, there have been AR headsets before with the, the HoloLens and the Magic Leap, but there's always been, you know, big restrictions on the field of view or on the input methods. And um, with Quest, even though it's black and white, at least you have this broad field of view, you have consistent input, and that means you can actually start designing interesting things for it. Um, and it's already fun and useful, actually, so it's only going to get better at Cambria, but it's already going to be fun with Quest, I think. <laughs> what would you like to see? Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing is, I, would, I want to be surprised. I think there's a bunch of different things that become possible with pass-through, and, and especially with once you bring in the entire room into pass-through, um, where I, I think I have a feeling that there's a lot of new concepts and ideas to be explored, and I have no idea what those are, so I kind of I want to be surprised by what all the developers out there are going to make with it. Where do you see a pass-through AR in like the, the sort of medium term, five, ten years? Where do you think we're going? People have this idea of AR being this lightweight, uh, you know, uh, light form of uh, glasses that we can take everywhere. And I think pass-through is the pass-through AR is going to be that first step that brings us there, and it's going to allow people to already start designing and developing apps uh, for it. I, I imagine five to 10 years, it'll probably be like Quest and VR, right? Um, I imagine the first market that will uh, focus on it is games, because you know it, it is the Quest that's mainly uh, sort of building out this market now. So that's also, you know, the developers on there are mainly building games. So I'm sure we're gonna see a lot of interesting AR games and applications that are sort of designed for AR and designed for um, room scale and, and you know, uh, living room scale uh, AR applications. But I imagine look, slowly we'll also start seeing um, more enterprise or more, uh, you know, work applications that become more common with something like this. Um, you know, uh, obviously Oculus is uh, focusing on this new uh, idea of the infinite office. They're, they're sort of suite of tools to make meetings more, more interesting um, and teamwork more interesting with VR. Um, so I imagine there's going to be more tools that also bring in AR to make that easier, you know. Um, uh, like for me, uh, if you have a, a good pass-through uh, AR headset that is comfortable, um, it's not too hard to imagine that you could actually start using that as um, a replacement for your computer, at least partially. Um, you know, why have a, a laptop with a screen if you can have a headset uh, and a keyboard and then do most of your work like this? Then I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely... It's going to be probably be the first types of headsets that are going to allow for those types of workflows. So, um, yeah, I think mostly games, but slowly we'll start using it for other things like work as well, I think. Thanks to Arno and Thomas. Check out Cubism and Crazy Kung Fu on the store. A steal at $10 each.
The theme tune to this podcast was made by the genius that is Jonathan Crawford. He composed and recorded it in VR using the app he himself created, Virtuoso. It launched officially this month, priced $20. And of course, it's got pass-through. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search for Gibby's Guide. If you haven't already, you can pick up the guide for free at gibbysguide.org, where you'll find links to the latest issue and all the archived editions. And I'll leave the last word to my good friend, Guilherme. Virtual reality is a fucking amazing experience.